Hi everyone, welcome back to our course. And uh, this session is going to be a group case study. You can do it together as a group if you're following the course with other people, or you can do it as an individual, personally yourself. The notes are available there and the transcript uh, of what this case study is. It's called Frank's Story, and it's a fictional scenario based here in my home, um, Northern Ireland, particularly in Belfast. Just to give you a bit of a background, we have had troubles over the years, uh, terrorism, um, and um, to simplify it, just to say there's been two sides to that conflict, um, and uh, the religious debates have been Catholic and Protestant, and that will come out during um, this session, just to paint a bit of the background for you. And the police service uh, at the time was the Royal Ulster Constabulary, um, which is no more, but um, they were under threat um, from terrorists, mainly the IRA, but there were other terrorists as well. So just to give you a bit of background, if you don't know about uh, that situation, and um, uh, hopefully you'll be able to follow the story and it'll be helpful for you. And then I've framed a number of questions for you to go away and consider these questions in respect of how, from what you've learned already in this course, you could actually put into practice those principles uh, in order to help Frank if Frank was to come to you for prayer. And then um, I'll pause and allow you to go into your group or just individually to consider those questions. And then I'll come back and give you a number of suggestions what the answers might be. So let's look at Frank's story together. Frank was born in Belfast at the height of the Troubles. He was the youngest of five siblings. His father was in the RUC, the Royal Ulster Constabulary, the police service at the time, working very long hours and finding himself constantly under threat. Many times the family would hear on the news of an attack on a police patrol and would wonder if their dad was involved. Frank remembers his dad, mum and even older siblings having to check under their car for booby trap devices, bombs, before driving to school in the mornings. Due to the stress and pressure of the job, Frank's father hit the drink. He became a pretty heavy drinker, which meant that whenever he was off duty, which wasn't often, he was very distant and preoccupied. He would often exhibit explosive anger on occasions when the pressure built up. Things took a turn for the worse in Frank's relationship with his father when Frank turned 16. He started dating a Catholic girl from North Belfast. His dad always said he objected to the relationship because it was a security threat. Um, the reason for that is mainly the IRA were, were Catholics um, who were attacking the police and so Frank's dad felt that this was a security threat. But Frank felt that there was a bitterness underlying this because she was a Catholic prejudice. This added to his father's drinking, made Frank determine, I'll make sure I never turn out like my dad. The family relationship deteriorated and eventually at 19, Frank and his girlfriend Siobhan ran away to Scotland and secretly got married. There remained a distance between Frank and his parents for some time after that. A couple of years later, Frank got the tragic news that there had been a bomb in Belfast and his father had been killed. At the time, Frank and Siobhan were expecting their first child. Frank returned home for the funeral and received a good welcome, but after he returned to Scotland, he descended into a spiral of depression. Initially, he found that alcohol helped him get through his days a bit better. However, he got to the stage where he couldn't operate at all without having a drink. Though he found it hard to admit, 
the drinking was starting to affect his relationship with Siobhan and Shane, their young son. As Frank looks into the future, he doesn't have much hope at all. In fact, in his worst moments, he has contemplated getting really drunk, going down to his local lock and ending it all. He did try it once, but there were too many people around. Frank attended a local church with a mate from work and felt as though the preacher was only talking to him. He responded to the invitation to trust Christ as his saviour. Initially he felt elated and so hopeful for his future but as time passed things got difficult. The drinking hasn't stopped and he's even found that some of the other problems have increased. So there's Frank's story. Some of the questions I want you to consider. Five. One. If Frank came to you for prayer, why do you think Frank has debilitating fear issues and nervous anxiety? What's the reason for that, do you think? Two, other than love, can you offer more of an explanation as to why Frank turned to Siobhan and committed to marriage so young at 19 and then left for Scotland? Was it all because of the family's objections to Siobhan being a Catholic of the other religion. Three, apart from obvious grief, can you suggest reasons why Frank descended into a spiral of depression after his father was killed? Four, why do you think, having determined never to turn out like his father, Frank started drinking and became distant in his role as a husband and father? And five, from what you know and have learned already on this course, can you suggest an outline of a plan for ministry for Frank if he were to come to you for prayer? And there are some things we've yet to learn which would be applicable to Frank's situation, but from what you already know, how would you chart a path of ministry for Frank? So there it is. Go away, take a moment or two, and uh, discuss this among yourselves or consider it yourself. Try to fill in these answers and even read through the group case study again. And I'll be back with you in a moment or two. Okay, let's look at these questions together. So Frank has come to you for, for prayer. And the first question is, why do you think Frank has debilitating fear issues and nervous anxiety? Well, it's obvious in some respects. He grew up in the Troubles, uh, which was a, an awful situation that I grew up in here in Northern Ireland where there was um, constant violence, shootings, bombings, and so this was normal for him growing up, but it's not until you're an adult you realize that's not a normal upbringing. And so this is a very fearful, anxious time for everyone, but you, you come to be used to it. But there's a level of anxiety that is abnormal. Um, also, there's the threat to his father who was in the police. And so he was under threat um, 
of certain elements in society. So he was always, uh, I suppose, anxious, like the rest of his family, for the welfare of his dad um, and even the family because they could come into a skirmish or a, a bomb threat as well. Also, his mum would have been um, fearful for her husband's life and even when she was carrying um, Frank in her womb, some of that fear and trauma may well have been transmitted and transferred to him. So this might go back even to the womb for Frank and we've been learning a little bit about that. Then, of course, after he was born, his father had this drinking problem and therefore there was an unpredictable nature to his father's behaviour when he was drunk. And that obviously would have set Frank on edge somewhat. And then, of course, there was his relationship with his father that appears to be somewhat distant because of his drinking and because of um, his workaholism. Um, and, of course, that affects our spiritual covering because we've talked about how our parents are meant to be spiritual coverings for us of protection, pointing us to God. But if, if they're not there or they're there but distant, that can affect our protection as children and therefore um, such things as fear and anxiety can affect us. And of course he was the youngest child, which may also have made him more anxious um, because of his age. So those are some suggestions. It's not exhaustive. You may come up with more than that. But it's, it's helpful therefore to know what the backstory is of how... Frank got anxious and fearful and and how we address that problem because that is the problem. It's important to diagnose what the issues are, why they're there in order to treat them. Second question, other than love, can you offer more of an explanation as to why Frank turned to Siobhan and committed to marriage so young, leaving for Scotland? Was it all because of the family's objections to Siobhan being a Catholic? Or maybe it was because of his lack of bonding with his dad because that wasn't there he was seeking to connect with someone else and he connected with Siobhan very uh, at a very young age especially to, to get married everybody's looking for love everybody is looking for connection and belonging and that's what he was looking for and he didn't find it with father and many people don't find it with their father because their father's not there or as I say they're there but not there distant emotionally or preoccupied of course um, possibly his mum was also preoccupied because she was running a home. She had other children, five children in total to, to bring up. And also she had a husband who was usually at work, but when he wasn't at work, he was drunk and at times aggressive. So she probably wasn't there for Frank the way she should have been. So what we've got here is a dysfunctional situation at home. And therefore, it's natural and possibly expected that Frank will want to run from that. But there's also an element, perhaps, of rebellion on Frank's part towards his parents. And how he deals with that dysfunction is not ideal either. And he's expressing his rejection from them by rejecting them back and leaving them uh, quite young to go away and get married. Also, there's a very obvious um, factor here that he's getting away from from the threat of violence and the threat of the fear uh, the cause of fear and the fear object of the troubles and uh, possible harm to his family um, and of course uh, that's what many people did down through the years here in Northern Ireland they left to get away from the problems and that's what Frank did in the end so that could explain why he he got married and um, so young and, and bonded with Siobhan um, and there's more to it than, than just leaving because she was a Catholic. And then three, 
Apart from the obvious grief, can you suggest reasons why Frank descended into a spiral of depression after his father was killed? Well, two obvious reasons for me are guilt and shame over his relationship and indeed the parting that he had with his father. And guilt and shame is something that will really destroy us from the inside. And of course, uh, we could summarize um, this as, as being regret. He had great regret, I'm sure, whether he could articulate that or not, over how his relationship had been and how um, he had parted with his father. So there, there's probably unforgiveness that he's struggling with. He can't forgive his father, perhaps. There are unresolved issues that will never be resolved person to person now. There was no reconciliation. It's certainly not possible anymore. And there may even be soul ties. You remember how we talked about when there's negative relationships, particularly with those we're bonded with and that you'd have positive bonds with. When there's a negative relationship there, it can affect us in a soul tie and we can be oppressed through that tie. And of course, there also is repressed anger. It appears that Frank was very angry over his father and the whole situation with Siobhan and how she was rejected and the marriage was rejected. And so that's probably bubbling over because he hasn't been able to express that in the right way at the time and deal with it and get closure. hope this is helping. Let's look at number four. Why do you think having determined never to turn out like his father, Frank started drinking and became distant in his role as a husband and a father? That's interesting. You know, if he had determined I'm not going to turn out like this I've seen the damage that this has done to me as a child from my father being an alcoholic and distant and angry and aggressive so I'm not going to do that so why on earth did that seem to be a self-fulfilling prophecy well there's a number of reasons first of all there could be a generational addiction and dysfunction within Frank's family line particularly his father's family line and that's something you need to consider but one thing that's definitely here in the narrative that we have before us is how Frank made this vow, I'll never become like my father. And we need to be aware that whenever we make vows in the power of the flesh, those can be used by the enemy. You may not have realized that. Frank effectively was making what some people call a bitter root judgment. He was judging his father from his heart but in a fleshly and even arrogant way, out of pain, out of trauma. But nevertheless, it was done in the power of the flesh. I'm going to make sure I never turn out like my father. And so the enemy can actually use that to make that happen in a sense. What we actually should be doing as children of God is surrendering to the will of the Lord Jesus, his lordship and saying, Lord, make me what you want me to be. Not us determining the agenda for our lives and and, and of course, the Lord Jesus wouldn't want us to become aggressive parents and alcoholics. But you understand what I'm saying. It, rather than us taking that by our own will and flesh and saying, I'm going to fix that and make sure that never happens. We surrender to Jesus and God's will and allow him to make us what we ought to be in his image. Five, and this is the big one. Um, a bit longer probably it took you to do this. From what you know and have learned already on this course... Can you suggest an outline of a plan for ministry for Frank? Now, later on in the course, I'll be giving you an example prayer, um, which will highlight many of the points that will be helpful for you to follow through as you're praying with other people or needing prayer yourself. But let me give you a, a number of points here that would be good to think of. First of all, surrender. 
Surrender is important for Frank that he just lays everything on the altar for Jesus and says, there's no no-go areas here. I'm giving it all over to you. Because if you want God to fix you, um, you need to surrender your whole self, spirit, soul and body to him. I often say if something goes wrong with your car, you want to take it to the mechanic and you need to leave it there and give him the keys. If he tells you what's wrong, the reason why there's a light flashing on the dashboard to warn you and you say, oh, but I need my car for work and for taking the kids to school. I can't leave it with you. And you take it away and it breaks down after a day or two and then you're in a real situation. You, 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 when you find something wrong with a car, you need to have the faith to surrender it to the mechanic and leave it with him till it gets fixed, till he does what needs to be done to solve the problem. And so surrender to Jesus, to God, needs to come. Also, secondly, confession and repentance. Frank, though he had a lot of bad stuff done to him, and uh, the background story tells us a lot of things that weren't directly his fault, nevertheless, he had a bad attitude towards his parents, it would seem. There was rebellion. He did judge his father with this bitter root judgment and vow. He was showing hatred, um, and so he needs to renounce those things, repent of them. He has turned to alcohol the way his father did, um, and he has neglected his own wife and child, and he's even thought and attempted to take his own life. So whilst we're not in any way saying this is all Frank's fault, far from it, we need to own how we have responded in an ungodly way to the ungodly behaviours of others and how life has hurt us. And so he's, he needs to own his own sin. He needs to confess and repent and we have to do that and renounce even the, the ungodly vows in the flesh that we make around these things. And then thirdly, he needs to forgive. He needs to forgive his mum for being distant, preoccupied. He needs to forgive his dad um, for the fear and trauma that was brought into Frank's life, for the alcoholism and for the aggressiveness. But he also needs to forgive himself. You know, the regret, the shame and the guilt that he has for the way things ended with his dad and the loss of relationship. Frank needs to receive the forgiveness of Heavenly Father, but then allow himself to enjoy the freedom of that forgiveness and let himself off the hook and allow himself to forgive himself. Then um, another thing, fourthly, is to break ungodly ties with his dad and indeed with anyone else if there's any ungodly relationship there. And that also infers breaking off any generational stuff that might be there of dysfunction in the family, of alcoholism or addiction. Those need to be break, broken off and, and that is done in prayer and we've looked at that in soul ties and generational stuff in previous sessions. And then healing for the heart. It's obvious that Frank has a broken heart. He's got grief, he's got shame and guilt. He's also got the father wound. He's got uh, dysfunction with his father, a relationship that should have satisfied him as a child and even as an adult has not been there. And therefore he's gone and looked for other loves and um, that needs to be healed. He needs to be healed of rejection from his father and at times his mother and the whole family. He needs to be healed of fear. And there's that anxiety that's there, part of his makeup almost. And so he needs that healing for the heart. And you need to bring this person, if you were ministering to Frank, bring him to the cross, bring him to Father, show him who Father is, tell him how Father can satisfy those deepest longings of his heart. And as he forgives his earthly Father, how Heavenly Father, Abba Father, can fill that void with the love of Jesus. And then the final thing, and we look at this in further weeks, but this is important as well, because it's not just healing, but deliverance that Frank probably needs. 
And very often where there are bro broken elements and um, where there is necessity of healing of the heart, where there are things like fear, rejection, guilt and shame, there can be demonic empowerments around those. And as I said, we'll talk about the, the principles around this later on. But it's important for you to understand that it's not enough perhaps for Frank to get the healing of the heart. He actually needs to be delivered of certain spirits. And those spirits, demonic forces, empowerments, often take on the characteristics of the behaviours that they're trying to entrench uh, in a person's life. So there are likely to be in, in uh, Frank's life spirits of fear, spirits of rejection. There's probably an orphan spirit because he's never really related properly to his parents. There could be a spirit of hatred there. Maybe a spirit of judgment because of the inner heart judgment that he's made towards his father. There could be spirits of depression which are often spirits of heaviness. Like a cloud of heaviness that is brought over us. There could be spirits of addiction. They, they might be generational spirits coming down the family or just from his father. But as he's indulged in alcohol in this abusive way there could be spirits of addiction that's driving that behavior and also if he has contemplated suicide and even attempted suicide there could be spirits of suicide and death that are there that need to be expelled in the name of Jesus now we have to be very sensitive and not put things there in people that aren't there but we need to be discerning in the Holy Spirit to recognize when those behaviors are empowered by a force that is beyond the individual themselves and we look at this in more detail later on but i hope this group case study has been a help to you frank is not a real person but there are many people that have a similar situation to this and maybe you're even listening to this and your backstory is incredibly similar to frank's and we're giving you some tools some keys biblically speaking of how to be set free how to receive the healing from the gospel of the kingdom of jesus christ and maybe that's you as you're listening. Maybe you need to apply some of these things to your life. Surrender to Jesus' Lordship. Give everything to him and let him fix you. Confess and repent and renounce of various ungodly reactions to um, hurt in your life. Forgive those people that hurt you. Get the soul ties broken off from them or any generational tendencies broken off your life and off your family's life. Get healing for the heart. And get set free from demonic empowerments that are propelling you on in certain destructive behaviours. So let's pray. pray we we'll pray for ourselves as we seek to help others to freedom. And see healing and deliverance in their lives. But also we'll pray for you if you are a person who's affected by this. And needs the touch of Jesus. And why not comment and write into us and let us know how this has been helping you. And, and how it's given you a greater understanding perhaps of how... Um, to help others to freedom or how you've been helped yourself. Father, we thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ which is full of good news and hope, life and freedom. And I pray that if there are many Franks um, uh, watching this or female versions of Frank um, or people who identify with some facet of Frank's story, Lord, that they will be able to apply the biblical truth to set them free whatever that might be, that you, Holy Spirit, will come to them and just put your finger and diagnose the, the issue and give them the answer in Jesus so that, that we know the power of the cross and the love of Jesus has already set them free, but they just need to work that out. 
by stepping into that by faith and obedience. And I pray that they will experience that even now, that you will set people free, that you will heal broken hearts, Lord, that you will deliver them from the demonic power of the enemy. And for all those who are watching, Lord, who are learning and gleaning how to help others to freedom, that you will help them, that you will put an anointing and an unction upon them and your great compassion, Lord Jesus, to help those who are broken and oppressed of the enemy. Uh, for you've promised to heal the brokenhearted, bind up their wound, wounds, and we believe you to do that now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and see you again next time.